Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. going on dgen nation kenny kim here bringing you another fantasy golf degenerates podcast this week for the Wyndham championship as usual i'm here with my favorite canadian tyler tambaline tyler how are you this week my friend doing well kenny i'm getting through this move man i'm getting down to the nitty-gritty here got a lot going on right now but definitely excited to talk some golf with you as always want to remind everyone before we get started this podcast is brought to you and presented by draftkings.com head on over to draftkings sportsbook we will have a very nice offer for you later on in this podcast so stay tuned for that and then also want to remind everyone about fantasynational.com you can go to fantasynational.com fgd get yourself 20 percent off your first payment so kenny where are we starting here this week man i'm so happy for our guy abe answer you know we've we've talked with this guy for a long time uh just a killer out there love to see it el turco gets the job done but man where do we start the the breakdowns the brooks bryson the the back nine where, where are we going here because this is a wild week in golf a lot to talk about. I know you're dealing with the move. I just started a new job site today, so I'm freaking exhausted right now. I didn't get home to about 6 o'clock this evening, uh, my time, and I really didn't want to do any research. Like, it was just one of those days. I was like, fuck, I don't want to do shit. And, you know, I sort of had thrown, like, a pity party for myself. It hasn't been the best season for me, right? You know, I was looking back at my record. I, I only hit five outrights this year. And, uh, and I was thinking, man, like, that's just not that great. And, but I started looking back at some of my – how this year has gone as this is, you know, the final uh, you know, regular season event uh, of the season. And I was looking at the numbers and, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I had five outrights. I had nine runner-ups and four third place. So, like, the thing about golf is – you know, an unlucky bounce here, an unlucky bounce there, or a stupid shot like Cam Smith uh, did last week uh, can really affect how, you know, your year has gone. And I looked over uh, my write-up on, on Gov's Corner, and I've, I've, hit the, I've had the winner in my write-up 11 times this season. So that's about a 25% hit rate. So you know, the thing about this game is when we're doing, when we're, we're, you know, we sort of focus on the negative so much. Uh, when it comes to this, you don't really look at the positive. I think a lot of gamblers have that mentality. Uh, you just focus so much on the negative that you don't even really look at the positive uh, that's happening. And that's not just in gambling. It happens in life uh, as well. When you think about 
you know, stuff's just not going your way. You know, sometimes you just stop and cliche is stop and smell the roses. I mean, you know, your family, your loved ones, your friends. I mean, something as simple as going out and having a drink with a buddy of yours. Uh, you know, that should be something to be celebrated. But you know, a lot of people think the negative uh, connotations when it comes down to this game that we play. Uh, and, you know, a lot of those negative thoughts, I think, are in Bryson's head uh, right now. Just a little bit of a segue going in there. Uh, you, you look at the way he's played. Uh, I think Kyle Porter had this. I, mean, I had this written down. I had this uh, screenshotted. He, um, so Kyle Porter uh, at Kyle Porter CBS was talking about Bryson and was talking about how good of a closer he is. Uh, really, in, in reality, like he's entered the final round of a pro event inside the top 25, top five, 24 times in his career. Uh, in 18 of those, he's gained strokes. Uh, and nine of them, he gained three plus strokes. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a really, that's a lot. It's a big amount. Uh, you know, he increases his chances of winning in final rounds as well as maybe better than anyone. Um, you know, so, I mean, he was basically a closer. I mean, up until this summer, uh, you know, uh, his, his two of his three worst performances when entering inside the top five have come this summer. Uh, Tory with scores of 40 plus on the back nine uh, yet last week in Memphis and then a Tory, you know, both of those happened after the whole, you know, Brooks Bryson, you know, duel. Uh, and, and people just keep calling him Bryson over and over. Brooksy, uh, I, I think it, it could be getting to him, man. Uh, the, the thing about him is, um, he is, he, from everything I've heard from people, from fans on the course and stuff like that. So people who might know him outside of the golf course, just knowing him face-to-face, talking with them, they say he's a really good guy, uh, a really nice guy. Uh, but he just says the wrong things. And I, sort of socially awkward. I think Stewie, uh, our man Stewie uh, on Twitter, said something like that, uh, that he just seems like he's just socially inept uh, in social situations. And, and I think that's the truth. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like him uh, because he just says the wrong things at the wrong time. And and, and it's shame because I think, I think he could have, if, if, if he was the total opposite, if he had great social awareness, great, you know, he, he could lift this game up so much because of the way he plays the way he, you know, hitting that ball so far. It's a shame that that's the way he is. Uh, now we could talk about, the heckling that he he's been getting. Let's talk let's talk about it a little bit. I've been ta- I've been talking for like five minutes. Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, let's, let's oh, talk. Good. What, what do you hey, expect? I I think a couple of things you said there stand out to me. Specifically, the last part what you said, you know, about how he is. I think that's one of the problems here is that he is who he is, and that's what it's come down to. So I mean, there were some jokes over the weekend. The man is six feet tall, climbing underneath fences instead of jumping over. He's just a different cat, and people told us about. I, I pull yeah. a hammy if I climb over that bitch. There's no doubt. He can climb that fence, though. It's just <laughs> Do you know how stupid he'd look? Hey, I, you know what? You know how dumb he'd look if he climbed over that fence and, like, fell or some shit? Probably a smart move. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, more about how he's wired. And I remember back to the quotes. It's been talked about on the Golf Channel. It's been posted on Twitter about how people said, uh, I forget which coach it was back in the day, that said he'd either be a major champion with plenty of trophies on a shelf or in a straitjacket somewhere. It's not something new that Bryson's sort of off the chain, off the wall, doing things differently. That's just how he is. But now we're starting to see how he handles things. And some forget how young these guys are. Like, I'm way older than John Rahm, than Bryson DeChambeau, all these people that yeah, I feel Bryson's younger. He's not like, that young anymore, though, right? I think he's 27. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I'm 35. My point is that this man is almost 10 years younger than me. And we're looking at it, getting on here talking like it should be second nature. It should be like that. That's not always the case. And we don't know the things that they're going through and different things they have in their life. Everyone has to deal with it. Uh, you know, the, a lot of talks this week, Aaron Rodgers brought up some good conversation around the Simone Biles stuff. And that's for a whole nother day. We're not going to go there right now. I'm just saying the mental aspect of life you talked about it before hopping on and jumping in and segueing positivity breeding productivity and you know sometimes positive thoughts or smelling the roses if you will like you said will just change your atmosphere completely and get you after a different mindset certainly bryson needs to change something as you mentioned before i joke that it's because he was skinny before the bulk up that obviously he won the major he won at the us open and then he won the api but uh, he won a lot more when he was skinny bryson he was winning all the tournaments and he went on that run you remember it back to backs five wins and three, like it was just such a short period of time. And he was closing tournaments. We're not seeing that. And yesterday, the final Brooksy from the girl, when he said good one or whatever, was kind of to me, like the final straw of him just like being done with it. And he could say it doesn't bother him, but clearly it does. Oh God, it bothers him. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's all I'll say. Like at the end of the day, we're all still human. I get that he's a multimillionaire and he has all this stuff. He hasn't made it easy for himself, Kenny. He brought up the situation this weekend. He was talking about the vaccine again, not talking about that here. He brought up stuff about his golf club, the Puma club and how that was horrible. He's brought up all these different points that allowed for this. So, but one thing I brought up today and I said, is this just dead after like, it's been like three or four weeks since our guy, we bring him every, every week. Now, Daniel Rappaport said, listen, it's crazy following Bryson. And you brought it up just a minute ago how different the interactions and the conversations are with the fans that love him versus the media just wants to drag him. But he sets himself up for that. So that's part of it. But it's because he's himself. He says what's on his mind. He wears it. And then he also has both, I think, both him and and Bryson, both Bryson and Brooks have these this one attribute that I think is the same, though, where they both sometimes portray to be something they're not. And you, you see it with Brooks, who's obviously the alpha here, but sometimes it's too much alpha and it and it shows through as, okay, you ain't that macho, you don't practice and all this stuff. So there's times things show up for him. And then with Bryson, it's quite clear that for him, it's saying that it was flattering and that guys calling him Brooks, he was okay. No, it was not. And now I'll flip it back to you because you brought up the heckling. Is it heckling or is it bullying or both? Or what? what is your view on that? Okay, I mean, here's the thing. We, I think everyone read that article by uh, who wrote the article about that? Shane Bacon. Okay, Shane, whoever. Uh, Shane, uh, Shane Ryan, Shane Bacon. I don't know who wrote it, but one of them wrote it. Called Evan it Bacon. Bullying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six <laughs> degrees. Uh, you know, it's tough because I mean, the thing is, when I go to games and stuff, I heckle the opponents, but but I'm in a stadium filled with twenty thousand people, and you know, I try to get the closest seats possible so they can hear me because I'm an asshole. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, but the thing is, you know, they can sort of drown that out in a basketball game. I mean, that's really the only time you could do it. You can't do it. Hockey, they're not going to hear you. Football, they're not going to hear you. Uh, just in a basketball game. They, 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 I've, I've, I've gotten into some situations where it, it's, it, I shouldn't have done what I've done. Looking back at what, what, what happened. Um, now, in golf, it's different because it's so quiet and you can hear everybody. Uh, you know, and, and, and it has to ride on them. I, I don't think it's bullying. Um, I don't think it's that. I think maybe what Kepka's doing to him, it might be bullying. Um, the whole thing about, you know, getting beers to people who got kicked out for, you know, uh, for calling him Brooksy. That's really what egged it on. That's yeah. where everything really started ratcheting it up uh, when it came down to this. I mean, if he was a. a 
You know, they're going to be teammates in the Ryder Cup. I don't, I don't think Kepka will do it, but if you could just say something, tell people to stop doing it, uh, I think that would, could go a long way. Uh, I think that would actually look better for him than what he's doing now. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I, I really think they do really have a disdain for each other, so I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I, I, I feel sort of bad for Bryson. Uh, because I mean, there's socially awkward people everywhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, and, and I know a bunch. And then when you really get to know them, you know, when you really get to know them and talk to them and see who they really are, they're really nice guys. Um, so, you know, there's been situations, you know, where I've, 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 I've become friends with people like that. And, and even though they're not the most liked, uh, outside in different areas i mean you, you don't really know the person that well just hearing them in the media in social media in whatever when you truly get to know the person uh you, you see him in a different light and i think that's what it comes down to with bryce and that's why i feel a little bit of sympathy uh towards him because all we see is the bad stuff that he says which is what all we're going to see the negative stuff is what we're going to see because that's what you know drives the media so i feel a little bit bad about it uh, about him getting, I, I I wanted to stop because I mean, think about it though. With the game that he has, with the stuff that he's doing, if he was, and not if he was socially, you know, like like a really good social person where he could like talk and say the right things, like a more cow. Well, can you imagine if you know he had more cow's you know uh, presence uh, in the media and, and thoughtfulness, uh, you know, on the mic. And with the talent and everything he brings, God, he could bring the golf game freaking sky high. He would be the biggest superstar out there right now. Uh, and it's just a shame that he is who he is. It sucks. Yeah. He, he definitely has to do a lot more talking with the clubs than he does with his mouth. That's for sure. So, you know, just, just because of who he is. But again, like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with being who you are. I just think you need to be aware of it. And hopefully someone can hop in and help him out a little bit of that. One thing you did say there, though, that stood out to me from the heckling perspective, and then we'll move on. I know it's going to get talked about plenty this week, but I like the part that you brought up. I think is probably the most accurate that I've heard from many because people are talking about this lots. It, to me, don't say golf heckling is the same as heckling at any other sport because when you when you're at the free throw line yes you know a thousand people or a hundred people in front of you're going to be waving stuff talking shit and doing whatever what you're forgetting is that golf everybody is in a courtside seat it's totally different imagine if all the courtside seats around there were doing this and saying these things that's where it becomes a problem and i don't know what they can do about it what they will i think for all of us being in the gambling dfs fantasy sports space that we're in need to think about it though because I mean, yelling at the golf course in general is going to happen. The baba buoy, the mashed potatoes, the, all those things. But is it really necessary? And now that it's trickling into areas like this, what about we saw guys over the weekend, which we're going to segue to answers win in a second, have a thousand bucks to win 45. Or I saw some even bigger bets. I think I saw bigger than that, to be honest, at some of these sports books. What's going to happen when the, you know, the final shots on the line in the playoff when it's answer Decky and Burns and they decide to do it because they're worried that Decky's about to take this thing down and the back of his swing on the green. You can't just get that shot back. There is no mulligan or redo or anything like that. And if someone does that, that really can affect the player, the outcome and all of those factors. So I think there may be some more stringent you know, rules in the future when it comes down to maybe just a zero tolerance policy when it comes to yelling at before or after shots. You can cheer for them, be, be there for them, supporting them. It's tough. I get it. It's hard to judge and make it happen. I'm just saying you, you do have to think about those kinds of things. And we've talked about it for years. Uh, we've been in the betting space and fantasy space for years. 
not everyone has. These DraftKings and FanDuel commercials, et cetera, have just started on the golf channel over the last year and a bit. So it's actually only just becoming mainstream and is going to blow up from there. That's my final thoughts on it though. Ken, I don't know if you've got much more to add. No, let's move on. I mean, let's talk about the winner, Abe. Uh, what a great what a great win by him we all knew it was coming but one, again one of the more likable guys out there it's pretty easy to root for him uh and he finally gets it done which is strange because i mean okay so his average um his average uh scoring average on on saturdays and sundays at the uh at, at st jude the last three years including this year like for the for the five rounds, it, not counting the final round yesterday, it was 65.8. His worst score was 67. He shoots 68 yesterday and wins. <laughs> you know, I mean, golf is funny like that, right? Uh, and then uh, Harris English, uh, again, the slow, we can talk about the slow play issue too, because I don't even think it was Bryce's fault. I mean, the, the slow play issue that they had was because they, they, he hit it, you know, up against the fence. They had to bring a fucking string out and try and figure out that. And then, you know, they both hit it into the water on 11. Of course, they're going to be on the clock, and that really fucked Harris up. Uh, I don't think that had anything to do with Bryson. I watched the whole round. He, I don't think he was playing slow at all. Um, and, and, of course, it gets into his head, and I know a lot of people were saying, well, I mean, they're never going to uh, enforce the rule, but if someone says that to your group, it's just sort of, I mean, you're, you, that's not the way you're going to think. You're going, well, shit, I got to I got to speed up a little. And that sort of fucked Harris English, and he said he did it, and that was classed by Harris uh, doing that interview with Amanda Bellonis after uh, the event was over because I would have just fucking walked off the course and just <laughs> broke all my fucking clubs, you know what I'm saying, because he had that win. Um, and then, you know, Decky playing really good golf right now. Uh, you know, your, 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 your 10K Decky rule, it's over. We're going to talk I, about I, I think I'm going to have to break that this week, okay? <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, Burns. Uh, Burns was one of my, I wrote him up last week, one of my favorite plays uh, in the 6K range. And, uh, you know, that putty miss, it's just brutal. Uh, uh, but uh, good for answer, good for Abe, good for golf internationally, good for Mexico. Uh, really glad he won. Nice guy. It was going to happen. Uh, and it was nice seeing him get that W. Yeah, I, we love Abe. We've talked about him forever. I love that he just – persevered it's funny like you said the 68 gets the job done once he gets into the playoff uh the shots from him and burns decky like you mentioned going after it another playoff he was just in a bronze medal playoff the week before we're going to talk about decky and that rule here in a moment but yeah a couple things i think the um the burns thing as you mentioned you know just missed the three footer at the end that sucked uh, i know a lot of people had some good tickets on sam burns not as many on abe answer so that would have been nice to see for the community out there and everyone that had those tickets but the english like you said, doing the interview is one thing for sure. I, I don't know, though, like the slow play, whatever. I, I don't even want to get into it all because just too much. I, like you said, I don't think it was the biggest thing. The one thing that drove me crazy, though, was the ruling on the Bryson situation. Like, how do you go into that fence and it's free relief to the path, free relief to the, you know, looking at the hole for, yeah. for a shot? Like, my God, I don't feel bad about when I'm playing golf with my buddies anymore and I just give it a little kick here and there, right? And boys, uh -huh. I'm just kicking this one out a little bit because this man got all the relief in the world and it was by like, a tiny hair that it was even safe, let alone then he gets do two times over. So uh, some of the stuff is wild down the yeah, stretch. You, great tournament, yeah, you, though. You can't blame Bryson for that either. I mean, he was just following the rules. I'm not blaming him. No, <laughs> he's following I'm blaming the rules. the rules of golf uh, that I yeah, think that's yeah, yeah. insane. And I, I forget who said it, but they're like, you should not be allowed to get relief from the very thing that stopped your ball from going into the OB that now that helps you the other way. Like it, it, it just makes sense. I know. So. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Personally, yeah. for me, not a bad week. I, I, you know, I won a little bit. Uh, cornerstones weren't bad. 
I think, uh, you know, Berger finished fifth, Spieth 11th, uh, uh, Cantley in the top 20, 21 or something like that. And then, you know, KHC sort of shit the bed at the end. But, you know, when, when you're going in that type of cash, you know, that's just the way it's going to happen. It's going to be hard to hit those 6K cash picks all the time, you know. Uh, and so, you know, not the worst week for me, uh, but I'm ready to move on. How'd you do? Not the best week. It wasn't terrible. Though. It was a debut week over at Run Pure Sports. So certainly check that out. I mentioned it last week, but you can use code DGEN50 over there. Did a little write-up, almost your style, Kenny, where i uh, not doing videos right now. So I posted an article with just all my favorite plays. You guys hear me talk about a lot on this podcast, obviously going through, giving the information, giving you my favorite plays as we go along, but things can change as the week goes on. Uh, I put just my 15 favorite plays and eat like based on all the ranges tied together and Pretty good overall. Had English, had answer, had a few of the guy. Burger obviously had a great week. I thought DJ would do a little bit more there. And we'll talk about DJ. Especially on Sunday. Yeah, 65-65 on uh, you know, Friday, Saturday. I thought Sunday would be a lot more. I don't I didn't think he was gonna get there for the 18 to 1 ticket. Uh, he just beat out your boy Speeth. I was really praying that at least happened because realistically, our debate last week was Speeth versus DJ. You like Speeth. I like DJ for talking those tickets. I know we joked about me being on Ricky Fowler at 50 to one versus your Tringali 30. But I, I think last week was that mono mono battle and DJ just got him, but Spieth keeps doing his thing. So props to you there. That was solid. Two fantasy points is what DJ won by. That's right. I know <laughs> two, it wasn't two, much. Trust me. Two, two DK points. They're pretty close. I expect Spieth to have a win again here soon. We'll see what <laughs> happens with DJ. Uh, all right. So let's get to, let's, let's move on. Let's get to the listener league this past week. It was Peter one leg. No idea what that means. I can. I have ideas. I have ideas, but I have no idea what that means. A Peter One Leg with a double mountain range avatar. I think that's what it is. I'm Asian. And my eyes are slanty, so it's hard for me to see small stuff like that. So um, uh, he started off 593.5 points. Had Scotty Scheffler, who shit the bed on Sunday, which is sort of becoming the normal thing hmm. for Scotty. Uh, just can't get it done on Sundays. Didn't get it done again. Uh, this past week, finished in 14th place. Uh, I think he started the day in fourth, uh, third or fourth, uh, 86 points, 27% owned. Dustin Johnson, um, you know, he finished in 10th place, 19% owned, 95 points. A answer, 13, 13% owned, 123 points. Willie Z, decent performance. I thought he had a chance going in this Sunday as well. Uh, didn't have the best. Sunday, but it wasn't horrible. Uh, she still shot 69, got his four-round bonus, which is cool. Um, he was uh, 8% owned, 95.5 points. Uh, Hatton, who uh, another guy who I thought was going to do well on Sunday, he was in my showdown team, did not work out very well, 21% owned, finished at 17th, 80 points. And Sam Bournes, uh, 20% owned, 114th. Of course, he lost in the playoff. Really good lineup by Peter Oneleg there. What do you think? Peter three leg whipped it out and dunked on everybody the third leg, but took it down. Anyway, I, I like this lineup, man. It's a couple guys I bet last week. Like you said, they fell apart on Sunday, but DJ and Hatton were two of my five bets there. And then the rest of the lineup made a lot of sense. Realistically for a WGC with the condensed ownership still built very solidly, you know, a couple guys over 20, a couple guys close to 20 and DJ and Burns there. One guy under uh, Willie Z, a man you, I think you told me a just a couple months ago, he might be done. And he's certainly back. And then, yeah, you made the point with Scheffler. He's back at $7,900. Yeah, I'll roster the fuck out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were telling me his career was over at that time. But uh, he'll he'll get his status here soon enough. By the way, he needs a win, right? This guy still, I saw today, it was, I think he's 26th, would be 
26th in the FedEx Cup, but uh, not going to happen without a W here this week. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And then the other one is um, Scheffler. You mentioned that. All these top 15s that show up so nice on paper when you say how his results look in these events, but it's those Sundays, right? The the Scheffler Sundays are not, a, are not have not been good and have been quite the, the loss for people there. But overall, Peter Oneleg got it done, already got him into the TOC. We will announce soon, uh, just working on that in the back end here, getting some prizes together. Probably going to cross-promote, integrate every site that we can and get as many things and subscriptions and money and things like that, prizes involved. I gave away, by the way, I gave away the Bryson autograph photo. That that was nice to see because I don't want that anymore. All the controversy surrounding him and everything we just (laughs) talked about. Time to move on from that piece. So I'm glad uh, the gentleman there that wanted it got it. I sent it out to him today. Uh, And then, yeah, Peter Oneleg will be joining us in the three-man this week. Anything else to talk about as far as last week goes, Kenny? Let's get to this week. I said, Shrill Country Club, 7,100-yard par 70 course designed by Donald Ross. We all know what Donald Ross courses mean. They're going to be tricky-ass greens. Everything else might be easy, but tricky-ass greens. Uh, the course has four par threes, two par fives. Both the par fives are reachable by most uh, and are the two easiest holes on the course. Eight of the 12 par fours are from 400 to 450 yards, uh, so that's something to look at. Uh, this course is not very lengthy, but there are a couple of long par threes, and there are two par fours that are over um, uh, what, 500 yards, uh, with 18 being the most difficult hole on the course. It's usually around 505, 510. Uh, the course is routinely one of the easiest on tour, with an average winning score of around minus 17. It's been a bit higher these last couple of years. Off the tee, golfers will see average-sized tree-lined fairways, light, rough, and just a few fairway bunkers. Over 70% of all drives land on the fairway, which is well above tour average. Uh, this is mostly due to the fact that a lot of golfers you know, take less than driver uh, off the tee here. But again, we've seen that change as years, as, as, as people have gotten new equipment and this new younger batch of golfers have come out. Uh, you know, it, it's not all these less than driver courses. People are using a lot more driver. So we'll see how that goes. Um, now, you know, having the correct angle to attack the pin is really, really important here, uh, especially because of the undulated and sloped greens. Uh, placement and accuracy off the tee seems to be more important than length and wayward drives could cause problems for golfers, but sometimes it doesn't even stop them from bringing out the big dog anymore. Uh, even though the rough is not too long or thick, uh, distance control might be an issue since flyer lies with the norm uh, when hitting approaches out of Bermuda grass. Uh, you know, the telling stat is just how important it is to hit these fairways. The green and regulation percentage uh, from the fairway is over 80%. The green and regulation percentage from the rough is right around 50 uh, now, I'm not saying, you know, don't rush the bombers because uh, I'm not saying that because, you know, there's a lot of bombers out there. But, you know, the short guys are definitely in it uh, this week. The short, accurate guys definitely in it this week. We saw it last week on, on a slightly shorter uh, par 70, a little bit longer than this with Abe, who's top 25 in strokes gain off the tee, but he's like 156 in, in driving distance, uh, top 10 in uh, driving accuracy, and that's what keeps him up that high in stroke skin off the tee. Uh, now, as far as some of these guys, you know, and then, you know, on approach shots, golfers will see small to average size greens that slope quite heavily from back to front. Uh, you know, hitting it below the flag is going to be very important. Uh, some of the greens are multi-tiered, which makes the aiming point a lot smaller on approaches. You know, it really easy to hit the green, really easy to hit, the fairway really easy to hit the greens putting probably top 10 most tough putting course on tour uh and you're going to see that with donald ross 
uh, designs. Uh, the edges of the greens are crowned with large collection areas waiting for golfers, you know, who miss bunkers surround some of these greens, but most are shallow and fairly easy to get out from. And there is water in play on just a few holes. Greens are Bermuda grass, stip meter rating of around 12. Uh, again, these greens are the major defense uh, of the course. And lots of three putts here. Uh, you know, the winning championship has been played here since 2008, but the greens were switched from bank grass to Bermuda in 2012. So, you know, I wouldn't look too far past 2012 when you're looking at course history. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? Yeah, a lot of what you just talked about. I think the biggest thing, though, that stands out. So in the past, and my stuff going back in my notes, driving accuracy, par four scoring, 150 to 175. That's typically what it comes down to. You mentioned it with the putter, so I still look at birdies. We have seen scores that go quite low here still, but I'll talk about that in a second. I just think that that's just still mad. Anyone who's making birdies means they can get hot with the putter. We're playing the game of maybes, so we're going to keep looking into it that way. Uh, definitely going to focus on that, though. Uh, one thing, though, I definitely want to bring up is the bubble boy situation you guys know if you've listened to this podcast or watched the show for a long time now uh there's nobody that loves a good motivation i love narratives in general i love the motivation narrative the most this is probably the one spot i don't look at it at all and, and the only reason is it, it could be a tiebreaker for a bet or something like a matchup bet or something like that but um one of the things about this place i looked at the numbers and it was going into last year i didn't look at it from last year's results but i think the year before only two guys that were on the bubble mm -hmm. made it in and it was way worse if you look at the long term. Like, not many of these guys end up getting in. And the most common statement is, you're shaking your head. What is it? No, I agree with you 100%. I don't believe in oh. this narrative anymore at all. I used to. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, not even, I'm not even playing the top 125 narrative. I don't give a fuck. If I'm that happens, even, if, they, I'm if not, they're on the I'm bubble. Not even looking, I'm not even looking at yes. the fucking rankings. I don't right. give a fuck about that shit this week. So if they are on the bubble, and I always bring it from an information perspective, but I'll say my, my mantra or mantra, whatever you want to call it, has been, they're they're outside the 125 for a reason or they're right inside the bubble for a reason they haven't been good enough with all these events lined up to get to where they are so how do you automatically assume this week they're just going to find their way in like it's a guarantee or something so that will not be my focus if they it if never like happens it, it just it never, like you said it never happens now and we, we both say this now like eight guys outside the top one five jump in or some crazy shit like that uh ricky fowler but uh you know i you know i don't, I don't know i don't know so we'll have to check it yeah, i did see the uh, justin rose well i i did not pay attention we to that saw list. the list we one saw one bit man did not pay attention to it at all at all at all all right if it's, if it's a tiebreaker <laughs> we'll let it go before we get in kenny before we get into the tears have to remind everyone of that great offer from DraftKings Sportsbook. Everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's, again, promo code FGD 
to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, NJIN or PA only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Before we get into uh, the tiers, I did forget to shout out one guy uh, in the listener league came in second. Hockey Av, Hockey Av with the Washington Capitals avatar, always been a, a big supporter of the podcast. So giving him a shout out here uh, on the pod. So let's go ahead and get to these tiers. We got what do we got? Like read up to uh, Decky San. Who you got? Yeah, no, we, we talk about Kokrak. Kokrak up to Decky San. Yeah, Kokrak at 10K stands out. We'll get there. But we'll we'll talk about the Hideki, the elephant in the room there first. So one of the things you just mentioned, like I think it's just the, the biggest thing has been since the green jacket, man. He's he's been freed up. I know people but besides the Korean pressure talk that was going on at the Olympics, there was still lots of pressure talk around Hideki, but it didn't seem there was any pressure. I know there was less fans or whatever, if you will, but he still went out there, did his thing, got into the playoff for the bronze medal, goes out this past week, gets into the playoff, doesn't close, but this is just a, a different Decky we've seen. Uh, I saw, I think I remarked on, on this last time, but the the reports that you know he'll be worth maybe a billion dollars now based on just everything that comes with this over in Japan. So, I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. I do feel like it's shown. And not only that, his game's been good. Uh, the other thing here is for me, and this is why, you know, I'm getting crazy about an 11K Decky. I don't know why I'm so excited. We'll talk about Webb in a second. But the other thing about Decky is that when he has popped here, so I think he's three for six made cuts, but the three times he popped were all very solid, like top 15 or better finishes. So, I don't know if 11K that'll pay off, but one key piece, Kenny, I forgot to note, I got too hyped on the Bubble Boy conversation, is that one thing I do like about this week here is that we just had the WGC and the Olympics. We had two no-cut events where everyone's high on these six of sixes. had more six of sixes than you ever had all season going into a Sunday. Just the hype is there, the sweat. Maybe you've had you know an outside shot because of the scoring and the go-low capability. Remember what it's like when we're back to needing six out of six lineups? So I won't have every guy that I'm talking about here as you know, a scoring machine. I'll want guys that can go low, but we also do want those made cuts. It's it's hard as hell, as you know, to get these six out of six lineups through. And we saw weeks of 3%, 1%, 5%. Like it's just tough enough to get six out of six through. And obviously Decky, not only when he gets, you know, how often he gets through, but when he does, especially at this course, he's shown the upside. But the guy, he may surprise you. I'm actually most excited about in this range is not Webb Simpson. It's Louis Oosthuizen at 10.7K and all. I don't even care what people do, where they go, whatever. Uh, you know, funny enough, this is a place we've seen lots of first-time PGA Tour winners. It may not seem like that's what Louis would be searching for, but he still is searching for the PGA Tour win there. So uh, I think uh, it'd be something if he did that here. The stats have been incredible, though. If you look back, and one of the biggest takeaways, I'll tie it into a little bit of game theory because we know Webb is going to be popular, is that... Obviously, Webb is, you know, this is his course. We've heard enough times about his daughter and naming her Wyndham and all the factors of this course and why it's so important and everything that goes with that. But what I will say in digging back in like the last three, four years is while Webb was the play and everyone will say, just play Webb, that's going to be a common theme. Just play him and move on. I get that. You'll probably talk about him for cash. I understand why. But my point would be when I went back and looked, Webb was the play. The stats showed he was the play. It wasn't just play him because of course history. He had the form. He had the numbers. He had everything to go with it. And that's what Louie has this week. So I actually like Louie the most. I like Kokrak. 
I didn't talk about him, but three top 20s the last four years. Pops everything I look at. I really don't love that he's not great in the 150 to 175 range or hasn't been, but that that can be something that turns around. He does make a lot of birdies. So Louie, Kokrak, and Decky are my guys up top. Talk to me about Webb and then where you're at with the rest of this range. Yeah, Webb's cash game cornerstone number one. I mean, it's pretty simple. Just put him in cash. You're good to go. He's cheap enough to be able to get that done uh, at 10-6. I'm not worried about that. I'm going to go ahead and just start Webb, be light on him, GPPs, go with him in cash. Uh, I expect him to at least make the fucking cut. Uh, the problem with me a lot of these times uh, when it comes to these trying to get 6-6s six is like my, my high-end guys shoot the bed. And like my lower guys have been doing pretty fucking good. Uh, which is weird. Uh, and so I, I think Webb is a safe pen to hopefully at least make the fucking cut. Uh, so I, you know, and he has that upside with like 8 billion top tens here. Yes. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and take Webb as uh, my first cascade point. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm Usti and, and Decky as well. I just think Decky is going to win another one here soon. It's like since his win, um, you know, uh, at the Masters, you know, he had a little bit of a low, but in, in the last month or so, he's been playing really, 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 really good golf. Um, and I think our producer just lit something on fire. And I don't know what he's doing over there. Something's on fire. Okay, I got you. All right. And so, um, and so, yeah, I'm going. I'm going with uh, with Decky. And, and, and you know, <laughs> Patrick Reed is tempting for me this week. You know, he's playing his like 18th tournament in a row. Uh, I think Joe uh, tor- at Tour Picks is talking about how it's the Patrick Reed World Tour. Uh, dude's on concert right now, like Guns N' Roses, just fucking flying everywhere and just you know doing this thing while welcome to the jungle, just banging out in the background. Um, you know, I'm, uh, and someone needs to play that as an intro song uh, for the Zurich Classic next week because, or next year because I get hyped. Uh, one of my favorite songs, um, and so I'll go ahead. I, I think I think he will be very low owned. I don't know. I suck at ownership. But I would expect him to be long, possibly, uh, because he's playing like his 87th tournament in a row, uh, and he's fat, and so people might not think he'll have the stamina to, to do it. But I mean, he again, if we're going narratives once again, uh, he's got to make that Ryder Cup team. Ryder I mean, Cup, not, na- the Ryder Cup narrative it's, still it's, rings it, true. It, You're it, right. it, it ring, it rings true, and I think that's why he's playing 275 events in a row. Uh, so he can get as many fucking points as possible. No Xander playing a win here will put him in to the top six. Um, and I think he knows that, and I think he knows that it's a possibility he doesn't get picked. It's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, it's there. Uh, you know, I mean, from from what's, what happened in the last Ryder Cup, that possibility is strong. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you don't see Stricker doing, like, you know, uh, uh, practice rounds with Patch Greed in events, you know, trying to gauge. You don't see that shit, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that narrative is there. So I, I, I think I like Reed. Uh, going in there and hopefully, you know, he can play without breaking his legs after playing 20, weeks in a row. All right. So let's get to the nine K range. <sighs> I'm going Tommy Fleetwood, bro. Uh, Abe did it last week. You know, we've seen people who haven't won forever or never won. I, 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 Tommy's I got that feeling got that feeling and i'm wrong every time i get that feeling so there you go uh but but i, I think i like tommy and gpps henley's gonna be my second cash game cornerstone pretty good track record here iron game exceptionally strong stat wise uh he just pops in everything i'm looking for uh and you know at that price i'll go henley uh, as a cut maker he's made a bunch of cuts this year he's been playing 
probably some of the best golf of his career this season. Uh, maybe he can end it really well. Uh, so Henley's second cash game cornerstone. After that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Sungjae. Uh, Koreans tend to dominate here, <laughs> at least top five, top ten, maybe not dominate, but top five, top ten year after year. I don't, I'm not sure about Sungjae. He's not having the year he had the last couple of years uh, when he finished, you know, top ten, top fifteen here. So I, I'm iffy on him. If I play Usti, I won't play Sungjae because then I'll have, you know, basically Hideki, Usti, and Reed, and then, you know, light on Webb, and I won't be able to go into the 9K range very much at all. Uh, if I do that, and uh, I'm not even sure I am. So I, we'll see how that goes by the time Wednesday comes around. But the Fleetwood, I, I'm going with Fleetwood, and and, and uh, Henley's my cash game cornerstone. You could always just fade Webb in your tournaments like you do, play him in cash. That's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah. Do your thing. Then I, I like if you had like Decky, Louis, Reed, and then pick up a couple of these guys in this 9K range. I think that's fine. Mm. And like yeah. you said, you, you always, you're getting the guys at the top wrong. I've talked about this plenty in the past. You like your guys down low, take your stands, Mix and match these guys up top and find your way to the top that way. But uh, one thing about Sungjae you brought up there, it was a ninth and a sixth in his two tries out, which I do kind of like for tournaments. Uh, both times, I went back and looked, pretty poor form, both times off a miscut coming in. So obviously he didn't miss the cut last week. It was a WGC, but he was really bad. I think he was 45th or 46th. Uh, talking Donald Ross courses, just recently eighth at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Detroit Golf Club is his course. But the one guy I like here, and I'm not sure you didn't mention him, but I feel like a lot of people will, uh, Brian Harmon. So we lo- we all loved him last week. He was super cheap. I think 7,500 in between, uh, I forget who it was, Hatton and somebody else. But uh, anyway, English. English was 7,600, Hatton was 74, and, and Harmon was 75. So uh, Brian Harmon, though, loved him last week. For all the same reasons apply here for me. I think he still makes a ton of sense. We know he can get a, get hot with the putter. He puts it in the fairways. Uh, it's a bit pricey for him, but sometimes paying up for probability works. Maybe the fact that he is that pricey and people like these guys down below, definitely Henley, makes sense. People will talk about Siwoo in a second, get your thoughts. But uh, I did realize this going through. Sometimes I just come on these premonitions. You know, we always talk about the H names, Harmons, Henleys, all these. And we talk about the Ho Train sometimes. I realized I always loved the BH guys, Brian Harmon, Billy Horschel, Bo Hogue, Brandon Hagee, not so high on uh, Bo Hostler or Billy Haas, but still in on those guys, even Bryce Harper when I play baseball. So I don't know, man, something about these BHs, Brian Harmon will definitely be on the list. And then only other guy here, Adam Scott, this is going to be one I don't think many will play. Uh, But again, the fact is this, we're back to, so I talk about this all the time. This is a very weak field. It drops off huge after the top seven guys drops off huge. He's 9,200, had a really nice Sunday at the WGC, still not himself, but we remember this guy plays like 10 times a year. So there's that about Adam Scott. The other thing though is too, um, 13 out of 14 made cuts in 2021. Four of them are top 16s. Uh, really nice Sunday I talked about. And then when you look at that 400 to 450 range, sits 11th over the last 50 rounds for birdies. And right up there uh, in the, I think it's uh, 17th or something in those par fours. So again, back to why it's important to get six. It's back to why six to six is important. Guys like him will make the difference. He doesn't miss cuts. Uh, can get you some upside there. What are your thoughts though on Siwoo? I want to hear that first because that's someone, I you know that 13, what was it? A 13 over or a 13 on a par three? Hey, with Kevin Na with the records, the Koreans. Yes. Hooray. Yay, Koreans. <laughs> Breaking the records for the most, most the worst score on a par three and a par four ever. Uh, let's get back to um, Scott. I'm looking at the courses he's played this season. St. Jude, 
normally a pretty difficult course. Open championship hard course. Travelers, not the, not the easiest course. Pretty tricky. Uh, Memorial, tough course. PGA, tough course. Masters, tough course. Honda, tough course. Players, tough course. Concession, I don't even remember. Uh, Genesis, Genesis is what? The Riviera uh, is um, Riviera, tough course. Right. Farmers at, at, at Torrey, tough course. Uh, you know, so I mean, like, maybe he's, he plays an easy course and he can light it up. That's what I've been saying. Could, could be People possible? don't look at like, this stuff I, I was not. I was shaking my head when you were saying it, but I'm looking at the courses he's played, and they're all so hard. And he's coming to this place where you can shoot 20 under. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a play. Maybe it's a play. Maybe it's that sneaky, sneaky Tambo pick. You know, Benny, Benny, sneaky Tambo pick. Maybe, maybe that's it. I might have to join you on that. If again, if I play him too, then I, I don't think I gotta play Usti. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't know, Usti or Scott. Who should I play? Probably Usti. But I mean, to win a tournament, you have to make decisions like this where you're not going to feel comfortable. Yeah, uh, but and if like, I, and you, if you I always roster, do this, I'm cutting uh, you off for once. This is what I'm uh, telling you. Louie and Scott can be in the same lineup when if Scott wins, the sneaky pick gets there, uh, and Louie does what he does and comes in second. That's two guys in your winning lineup. So yeah. you are allowed to play both. You have to remember yeah, that. Yeah. And like I said, I usually roster about seven guys, six to seven guys. So one, two, three, four. Man, it could work. If I don't play Sanjay, it could work. Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't do it. You, you talk me into that a little bit. You know, the funny thing is, you know, when we used to just do the podcast and there was no video, I would never interrupt you. But now I see your face. I feel like interrupting you all the fucking time. I don't know why that is. I, I see the wide Tambo face, and I'm like, oh, let me interrupt the, the guy who needs a tan out there. Hopefully, you get a little bit tan of sun going. Tambo, tan yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so maybe maybe that's why it's happening. I did hear that quote, some comments about people me cutting Tambo off, and before I'd never do that, but now I just feel like doing it all the fucking time. You know why, Kenny? We know you're a bully. We talked about it earlier on the pod. We know you're that bully. Yeah, it's okay. Let's move to the AK range. Uh, I'm going with your boy. Big Dick Fowler. Oh, I'm going with your boy. I'm going with my boy for a long time. I'm going with you. I'm going with your boy, dog. Uh, You know why? Because we we had a little little (laughs) argument a a couple weeks ago. Dude, show me something for about 52 holes. For about 52 holes, he was in the lead. He was looking good. Um, and maybe it wasn't 50, maybe it was like 45 holes, something, but he looked pretty fucking good. Um, and I, I think I can get back on him. And maybe there's something left. Uh, you know, he, he's playing for more than just himself and his wife now. He got the baby on the way. Um, that's another narrative. Uh, you, you go with, uh, and, and, and he, he impressed me, the, you know, the first two and a half rounds, uh, the last time he was out. And, uh, and I think there was something there. And so maybe I can go back to him. So I'll go back to Fowler. I like Kisner a lot. I think he's safe for cash. Not one of my cash game cornerstones, but he might be in my cash lineup. Um, you know, and so, hint, hint. Uh, you can see that. And then uh, my my third cash game cornerstone is going to be Charles Schwartzel. The guy's been playing really good golf, making a shit ton of cuts. Uh, I think he was second or third his last time he was out. Playing really, really Good golf, uh, really good on par fours. Iron game's been strong. Tee to green, he's been really, really good. Uh, so I like Charles as my third cash game cornerstone. Who do you like? I like Bobby Mack right off the top. Uh, I don't know how many will go there, but uh, Robert McIntyre, 8,900. Saw some nice points posted out there. I think you could argue besides the 
motivation of the FedEx Cup, which we kind of went against already and talked about, he has quite a bit more motivation to secure the tour card. He's on a special tour sponsor exemption. Uh, he's got the Ryder Cup motivation going on at the same time right now as guys like Victor Perez are overseas doing it and different guys that he's up against that, you know, he's got, he's going to be up. He's going to have to be a pick. It looks like. So that's where he's got to do his thing. And he has uh, last week, another decent week. So I think going to Bobby Mack makes a lot of sense at 8,900 uh, Seamus power. I think he'll be popular, but it, probably for good reason. One at the Barbasol very recently, eighth, eighth, 19th, 19th, and ninth. Before that, uh, if you look at strokes gain par four solid, he's fifth in this field over the last 50 rounds and 16th in birdies. He's also seen the course made cuts here in the past and, and seen the course, but he didn't really have the same form or the same game as he's got right now. So I do like him. Uh, Streelman and Schwartzel definitely both pop off the page. Just, you know, you talked a little bit about Schwartzel there. I think he makes a lot of sense, but playing some really good golf, 10 of his last 11 cuts made again, looking for these cut makers right now. And that have upside seven of those, uh, seven of those 10 were top 26 or better finishes, which means upside at 8,100 uh, Streelman and Kisner both pop off the page, but Streelman rates out really strongly on fantasy nationals. So if you guys check out the stats there mentioned it earlier, fantasynationalcom slash FGD, Get yourself 20% off your first payment. Other thing about Streelman, lastly, uh, the major finishes. Like, not only, again, talk about the Adam Scott situation you just brought up. This guy's got 8th at the PGA, 15th at the U.S. Open, 19th at the Open, and now comes in at a much easier course that sets up much better for him as well. So I think Streelman, while being popular, makes sense to be popular at 8,300. Uh, that's probably it for me, Kenny, as far as this 8K range goes. All right, 7K. Go ahead, Tam. We'll keep going. Yeah, meet Mito, Mito Pereira. We've talked about this guy. This is not a fluke, okay? T39 at the Barracuda this weekend just passed. I know most probably weren't tuning into that. You talked about lucky bounces and breaks. I don't know if you saw that EVR shot on 18, go in the trees, and then bounce back out into the middle of the fairway, and he goes on to win a PGA Tour event, his first, obviously. So uh, congrats to EVR. We won't spend time on that. But anyway, more importantly to me is the Perrier run that he's been on. Six at the 3M Open, fifth at the Barbasol. He was in the mix at the Olympics and actually outdid his Chilean counterpart, Joaquin Neiman, who we like and talk about so often on here. And then three Corn Ferry Tour wins to get onto the PGA Tour, that special exemption that you don't find many times. Talk about a closer. So we know if he gets up there, what he can do, it shouldn't phase him much down the stretch. And at 7,900, he makes a lot of sense. Johnny Vegas, right behind him, 7,800. Second at the 3M, 11th at the JDC, second at the Palmetto, ninth at the Bayern, 13 of his last 14 made cuts. Uh, that's huge upside, rates out well for the 400 to 450 and the birdies. And then another guy I love in here, Kenny, Taylor Gooch. Stats are strong, great putter. That obviously helps here. We've, we've talked about that plenty, but he gains strokes with the putter all the time. So it's nothing new for him. And if you look at putting stats, one thing I will say, we don't talk about this often enough because nobody really looks at them because the variance, but the guys that are really good putters make a lot of cuts. Doesn't mean they'll always have that upside, but we know he can flash it. So 13 of his last of his 16 cuts. So in 2021, played 16 events, made 13 cuts. Recent finishes are 33rd, 36th, 18th, and 14th. And he got 25th here last year. So Taylor Gooch. And then some other guys, just to round it out, Hank Lebiota, really like Ches Reeve. And our boy, Sundog Monkey, always likes Brandon Grace. I'm in on Brandon Grace this week as well. Uh, Adam Shank, Chris Kirk. I'm just naming off some now to get through as far as time's concerned. But uh, Brendan Todd, I'm just going to say his name to say it. But driving accuracy, obviously his thing. Uh, rates out really, really well over the last 50 rounds and some of the stats we talked about for this course. And then lastly, Kenny, and I'll flip it to you to round out the range. Bo Hogue, 
Talked about those BH names. Not the best week at the Barracuda, but before that, 16th at the 3M, 11th at the Barbasol, 47th at the JDC. Seven of his last eight made cuts. Made the cut here last year, and he's 14 of 17 gaining strokes on approach. 14 of his last 17 events. So some bo-hogue. I think he never really gets ownership to round it out. Where are you at here in the 7K range? I'm very, very similar as you. First off, Mino, the three win. Remember the last person who got the three win exemption was Wesley Bryan. So hopefully he doesn't go that route. Uh, you know, but I, I like Mino. Again, it's the Mito, I can't pronounce his last name, uh, Pereira World Tour as well, like seventh or eighth week in a row. He's playing as well, but he's like 24 uh, yeah. and, and skinny. Uh, so he, he might be able to handle it a little better than Patrick Reed up there. Uh, I, I like I like him. I like uh, I like a Gooch call a lot. Uh, I, I, he's probably one of my favorite plays up here. Uh, you know, again, the, the stats just pop for everything. Um, you know, except the fairways, and hopefully him. You know, using less of driver, he can hit a little bit more. Um, and I like uh, Chesticle. I, I, you know, I, I like the Chesticle Revy this week. I like his, his iron game has been red hot. Uh, pretty good finishes here recently. Hank the Tank, I've been on him for a minute. You know, why would you get off of him when I thought he was going to win three weeks ago and he's $7,500 now, $7,600, whatever the hell he is. Um, and so, you know, I'm back on him. Um, uh, CT Pan, again, coming off that, you know, that medal. He's got to be hype. You know, had a, had a couple weeks off. Uh, you know, refresh, recharge, coming out to the room. He's played well here in the past. Uh, so I do like uh the ct panimal uh up in that piece uh and, and you know there's a couple other guys but those are those are my favorites uh up and oh i'm sorry and my final cash game cornerstone i almost forgot him. um adam shekaponymous uh i'm a fan of him uh you know he's been close he was a uh, third round of 54 hole leader uh at the barracuda this past week couldn't finish it off he's been playing really really good golf he was in contention a few weeks prior to that uh as well he's it smells like he's getting close uh, you know, we, we've seen guys like JT Poston, uh, you know, come out of nowhere and win this event um, with, with a little bit of decent form running up. Uh, so I, I like Shank as my final cash game cornerstones Four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Webb at 10, six Henley at nine, what was it? Nine, four, nine, three, something like that. Um, Henley is nine, four, um, Charlotte, 81 and Shank at 73 leaves about 14, six. And you're like, how, how the hell are you going to fit fucking Kevin Kisner? I'm fitting Kevin Kisner in that bitch this week. I'll tell you right there. So that's five right there. The sixth one, you'll hear about it. So you can probably guess who it's going to be. Uh, I actually stole it from someone on Twitter, and I'll give them the props uh, here. When we get down to the 6K range, let's go ahead and just fucking go for it. Uh, Andrew Landry down here at $6,200. I think uh, Perry, who works for the Fantasy Golf Insiders, really good crew. Really love those guys. Um, uh, they've been around one of the OGs in the industry. Uh, really, you know, really a big fan of those guys. Uh, Perry works for them, and he he has some good stuff out there. He was talking about how good uh, Andrew Landry's um, wedges have been. And you're going to hit a lot from 125 to 175 uh, this week. That was enough, uh, you know, for me to be like, fuck it. He knows what he's talking about. He's smarter than I am. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just ride. I'll ride Perry uh, on this thing and, and go with, with Landry down there at 6,200. So I do enjoy Landry. There's actually a, a, a fair amount of guys that I do like in this 6K range. It's not, uh, oh, you're going to go. I like Ryan Armour a lot. He's at 7K, but I'm a big fan. Short par 70 courses, sort of his shizzle, sort of his shizzle. Uh, along with that, Brian Stewart, his like brother, 
Whenever they, whenever you, you like Ryan Armour, you get sort of like I like Brian Stewart. It's like the Rom Palmer combo, but with shittier golfers. You know what I'm saying? So that, that I like that combo, uh, right there. So I'm going Brian Stewart uh, down here. Uh, a little bit of um, Bryce Garnett again, another guy who just comes in these in these easier type courses coming in and no one thinks he's going to do shit and he comes in and does shit. So I like Bryce Garnett down here uh, a little bit. Um, you go ahead, Tambo, and I'll find some more. Armour was the last guy I had in the seven gear range, just to say, but like I, I actually bet him. We'll get to the bets in a second, but if he's going to be super popular down here, I do like guys below in the six K range. I'll bring up in a second. And then in the seven K range, there's just so many guys that we named off, but you know, funny part is we didn't really talk about the ones I think could be the most popular. And that's like Zach Johnson, Ryan Moore, Harold Varner. Th- those plays all make sense to me. I just don't, I didn't like them as much as the ones I mentioned. So I'll definitely I'll be off them or have less of them by, as of right now, it's what it looks like uh, going down below though. There are some plays down here. You mentioned Brian Stewart, Makes a lot of sense. Bryce Garnett hits a lot of fairways, has upside when he does. I, I think Bryce Garnett is interesting. Russell Knox pops, uh, much like Brendan Todd. I'll just say his name to say it, but they do pop in the stats over the last 50 rounds when you look at them for the things we're looking for here, that 150 to 175, that par 4, 400 to 450. But the guy I like here is Roger Sloan, my Canadian brethren. Uh, he does happen to be a bubble boy, but it absolutely has nothing to do with that. If you look at his game, it's solid. Sixth at the Barracuda over the weekend, 16th at the 3m open and he's eight of nine made cuts with a 21st at the rocket mortgage classic which was another donald ross course that we talked about earlier so i do like some roger sloan regardless love the form that he's got coming in a couple others um, that are probably more random but kevin tway missed the cut at the 3m but really good results the three events before that did okay at the barracuda over the weekend i kind of like him to pop and have a little bit of upside and then just two cut makers at the bottom, Kenny, I talked about it earlier. These won't be exciting, but back to the well with a one Vincent Whaley. Uh, just had a T9 at the Barracuda over the weekend. We already know what this guy does is make cuts and come top 40. Do you, I don't know if that's enough for your lineups. It's not always what I'm looking for, but if you are looking to round out to get that six of six and you like those four guys, the five guys, sorry, above, that's who you can round it out with. Then the other guy, your guy, I'll get your thoughts on him, but Cam Percy mentioned out the top, some consistent guys. He's gained on approach eight straight and 11 of his last 12. Six of his last seven are made cuts, including a 34th at the 3M, an 11th at the JDC, and a 41st at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. What do you think about Cam Percy? And then who else do you like down here? We're, we're on the same page. A Tway, I'm a fan. Percy, I'm a fan. And Sloan, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm with you on those three. There's really no need to go even farther. I like I like you. You spoke for the both of us. Uh, I like those three as well. All right, let's get the bets. Uh, I feel like we're running along because of my – it was our rant in the beginning, but that's just how we roll sometimes. This is our show. We do what the fuck we want. All right. So uh, here's um, my, I have a large card this week. Uh, I'm not going anyone shorter than 45. And I got four guys at a hundred plus. So I'm going eight deep, eight deep this week. Uh, we're going to start off with Tommy Fleetwood. 45 to one. Like I said, feeling let's go, Tommy, let's get it done. You see your boy, Abe do that thing. Uh, you know, you like the English Abe. So, so hopefully you get that shit done. I like Tommy 45 to one. We're going with Ricky 55 to one Kisner 60 to one Charles 60 to one armor, hundred to one pan, hundred to one shank, hundred to one. And the Perry special, Andrew Landry, 400 to 1. 
Nice. I'll have to look into the Landry. Maybe I, I definitely got room to add it. Good point you made, though. Long shots certainly do win here. For the most part, it's been some pretty long shots take this thing down. I've got uh, one guy up top I like is Brian Harmon. I'm just going back to the well, 28 to 1. After that, it gets a little bit deeper. So I got Brandon Grace, 67, or 66, sorry. Mito, 66. Reavy, 90. And then Ryan Armour, 110. Uh, all those last four with the top five each way. And I'll add some more bombs. I, I certainly like the long shots this week. I'll look into the Landry play maybe a little bit further just so I don't miss it if you hit it. And then, yeah, nice to see you back on Ricky Fowler after you just told me on Twitter that was a horrible bet a couple weeks ago. So It was horrible. It was horrible. But this week it's fine. It's okay. This so. week this week it's okay. Okay, Kenny, you keep this bullying. Week, you call it heckling. Week, I'm going to call it bullying. 100% okay. 100% okay this week. <laughs> <laughs> one right. and done? Yeah, one and done. Tommy. Tommy? I might join Tommy. you. Um, funny enough, remember last week I said I'm down to Harris English range? And then, sure enough, he blows it. And it's the WGC with all the money. I, they do like a projected system, and it had like me one point eight million, man. Like I was like, damn. Million. Of course, I, I know why he blew up on Sunday. Now, for mm. once, that's why. But um, if if you got some of these guys at the top, use them. Use them up. Now's the time. If you're a little bit further back, you're gonna have to go off the board. I don't hate the Henley call. I got. I, I think I got Adam Scott. So I'm gonna go Adam Scott here and talk about that sneaky play we just mentioned earlier. Anything else? Well, let's go. That's that's probably going to be it. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my articles every week on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code DGEN25. Uh, get yourself 25% off uh, a membership to uh, to Gups Corner. It includes golf. It includes all the sports, uh, golf, MMA, baseball, everything. Uh, and so, you know, the tools are pretty cool. Uh, so go check that out on GupsCorner.com. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Just gave away that Bryson thing. You know, always doing some giveaways, having some fun with that, trying to build things up. And now, like I mentioned last week, excited over at rumpiersports.com. Use the promo code DGEN50. It's a limited time code. So if you want to join us, see what's going on. Got Big T, JSU, AP, Hoop, all the guys over there and more. Lots of guys, draft cheat guys doing every sport, like you mentioned, uh, all for one price. So get the deal, use DGEN50, check it out. All my stuff's going to be over there. And then for this week and until the end of this month, it's just an article from me, core plays and tears till I hop on in September and start doing the video stuff again with all the NFL PGA mix. And someone asked before the show, I know we were talking about a little bit with the producer, but we are definitely doing all of the events. The PGA schedule dro dropped just recently. The Fortnet, it looked like the Fortnite. Mayo said, I agreed. If you got the, the didn't have the bifocals on, you might've seen it as the Fortnite. It would be better. Like Mayo said for the SEO, if they went that route, they would have a lot more interest in the event, but we will be doing all the shows, all the events, fantasy golf degenerates year round. So you can pretty much join us every week here and hit that like button, hit the subscribe. Other than that, that's all I got, Kenny. All right, man. Power of positivity this week. Eliminate the negativity and let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. <laughs>